Welcome to Anyone Can Play Guitar, a podcast where we learn how to play every Radiohead song on guitar in order. I'm Nick Kendallsberger. And I'm Austin Diaz. The last episode, we took a look at the Drill EP, but now it's time. It's time for Pablo Honey. So it was produced by Sean Slade and Paul Coldery, along with a couple songs by Chris Hufford, who was the producer on the Drill EP. And it was released February 22nd, 1993. Uh, This was a huge year for rock albums, or I guess alternative rock albums. Do you do you remember all the albums released not, this year? So, not you. You did that research, I guess. <laughs> I I did not know that was part of the assignment. That's okay. So, 1993 saw Nirvana's In Utero, Smashing Pumpkins' Siamese Dream, Pearl Jam's Verses, The Breeders' Last Splash, Counting Crows' August and Everything After, oh. Bjork's debut, PJ Harvey's Rid of Me. So, alternative music was in the air. In Utero, I haven't listened to in forever. In Utero is my favorite Nirvana album. I I understand Nevermind's impact and all that stuff, but it sounds very shiny to me. In Utero is just brutal and fantastic. <laughs> and I want to just listen to the whole thing all the way through. I mean, if we're going by historical play count, my favorite Nirvana album has to be Bleach. <laughs> Whoa, really? Yeah. You're a Bleach person? Oh my god, yeah. Oh, I mean... So, I didn't know, I'd never met one of you in the wild before. I've yeah. read about people who love that album, and I sort of like it. I like School. That's a great riff. It's just so cathartic. It's, I mean, he I just don't, screams and yells, I love it. Uh, but the drumming's not as good as it could be. Yeah, That's I mean, problem. but like... Imperfection, as we will discuss on some other songs, is maybe... Is okay the, sometimes? The key to perfection. Hmm. Maybe not okay. really not really with Bleach and Nirvana, but like it's a concept that exists. Radiohead fans have sort of an issue with Pablo Honey, even the most diehard Radiohead fans. But Pablo Honey was a hit. It went platinum in the United States, and the Benz, when it was released was considered sort of a disappointment at first. But Pablo Honey got its name for a prank call skit by the Jerky Boys. I saw that. I read that. Which is hilarious, which points to the idea that Radiohead do have a sense of humor. And I think that they were more apt to show that in the beginning than they will later on. And I think that it helps explain some of their choices here. I mean, starting like we started, we talked about it last week a little bit, but starting with the name that they took their name from that um, Talking Head song, that it's just like it doesn't sound anything like what they're doing. It's this hilarious mm-hmm. song that almost has like a island uh, vibe. Not what? How would I put this? It's almost reggae. When they were inducted to the hall of to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I think David Byrne introduced them, and he's like, "I don't understand why they picked this song." He's like, it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) David Byrne wrote a lot of really good songs, and they picked this one. I mean, yeah, like I went back and listened to lots of Talking Heads, and I realized, oh yeah, these guys were really innovative, and it was a they were a really cool band. 
Oh, for sure, yeah. And just not that song and not really that album. Did you did you buy Pablo Honey when it came out, Austin? I thought that I'd heard Radiohead first with Paranoid Android in that video because that really broke through on MTV when I was still really watching MTV, um, even during the day. But I, when I went back to the bins, I realized that similarly I had discovered High and Dry through Radiohead. I feel like the first time I was like, that's Radiohead was with Paranoid Android. But then I realized that there were these songs that were in the air that I knew fake plastic trees and I must have heard Creep a hundred times, I think. You know, I think I did not ever hear that song before I you got know, Pablo Honey. Huh. That's bizarre. That is, That can't be true. I mean, we both come from fairly conservative Christian backgrounds, but that song was when I was not on any sort of radio or MTV or anything close to where I, I wasn't in any spaces where I would have heard that song. Okay. And I think by the time I was in such spaces, it had really dropped off and no one was listening to it anymore. See, I rode a school bus to school and they always played the rock station on the school bus. Oh, no. And so I feel like I heard that song and a lot of classic rock. We've already talked about you. You can go back to the previous episode to, to see that one. Do you have anything you'd like to add about you? Just that it's cool that they start the album with it. And it's a very explosive opener. Right. And it couldn't be any more different than what comes afterwards, which is Creep. What do you think about this song, Nick? Straight up, it's the best song in the album by leaps and bounds. I have been listening to so much early Radiohead, and when you play Creep the first time in that, and then Johnny comes in with the electric guitar, (laughs) it takes over everything and shakes your skull. And... Oh my God. Do you want me to keep going? I can keep going forever here. Yeah, I Uh, I need the explanation. I think that it's the best Tom vocal on the whole album. I think the melody is just captivating. It's a, there's not much going on during the verse part of it. And Tom York is, it manages to grab hold of the listener and pull him in right before the chorus. And then the guitars come in and it just explodes and it's so loud. But they're not even just playing regular chords during that. So they're, you know, they're playing the G, mm-hmm. but then they are pulling off the during the whole time. So there's this upward movement the whole time yeah. as it goes up to the B. But there's no question in my mind, at least, that it's just a brilliant song. Now, is it brilliant like Radiohead will be brilliant? 
probably not. It is definitely sort of a one-off thing. But I am leaving this with an incredible respect for Creep. I have to agree. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I thought I was going to be the one that comes in here with the hot take. I mean, I don't think that it's the best song on that. Well, okay. It's not my favorite song on the album. It might very well be the best. Um, we'll get to my favorite song or songs. There's songs I like better on the album, but the thing is, when I came back to Pablo Honey, like as we talked about last episode, it's when OK Computer, Back to the Bands, Back to Pablo Honey. So by the time I got there, I knew that you weren't really supposed to like this song. Right. So I never really gave it a chance. Um, I even would sort of skip over it when I listened to the album. I was like, okay, this is not this is the one I'm not supposed to like. Um, so I didn't really listen to it until we did this, and then playing this on the guitar is just really fun. I don't know. It's, like, fun to sing and, like, sit there and pick through it and, like, do different things with it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of play around in the chords and see what works out, and I don't know. It's just a fun song. It um, is. It It's just the... It's just one chord sequence, though. I mean, it's basically <laughs> just G and B... C, C minor, and then just roll it up again and let it rip. Yeah, and I I mean, they play with dead space, too, between, like, the C minor and going back to the G um, at certain points. Or that's, like, like where Johnny uh, leaps in with his crashing crunch of distortion. Jesus Christ. Did you watch the... Okay, so everyone should remember the Beavis and Butthead episode... Where they review creep? Do you did you watch this? Yeah, I watched it. Amazing. <laughs> I forgot how much I like Beavis and Butthead too. And so I think the line that Beavis has is, "How come they don't just like play that cool part through the whole song?" And Butthead explains, "If they don't have a part of the song that sucked, then it's like <laughs> the other part wouldn't be as cool." Though I will say I love the verse melody. I think it's just a really striking vocal from Tom. Yeah, it's it's so it seems so off the top of his head. I don't know how else to say it. Like the way that he sings it paired with the lyrics, it's like you're you're almost listening to him think. Mm-hmm. Because it's not it's not a really defined line, um melodically speaking, but it yeah, it grabs you because you're like, okay, I'm you know, I'm in this guy's head right now. When you were here before Listening to and reading about other people's takes on the lyrics, I feel like they take the lyrics too seriously. Like that Tom is being self-pitying or something. What I read is that he had like a bad experience when he was too drunk and he tried to talk to someone. And it was really that he, it was his fault because he was drunk and not the other person. And he wasn't really self-pitying. It's more of just like sort of self-indictment. I think he really nails it. I don't, I mean, these aren't like beautiful poetry or anything. And he will sort of really stop with these sort of personal lyrics Mm -hmm. after this album. But I totally get why or their record um, company was like, yeah, just give us another one of these. Like, just keep going. (laughs) And then they came out with the bends. It was like, what are you doing? (laughs) This is not what we asked for. This is not at all what we asked for. Yeah, but it, it is interesting when you really play through the song and 
really work with it. You realize, I mean, it's not a famous song just because like the masses of people are dumb. It's a famous uh-uh. song because it's it's just a solid good song. Mm-hmm. Um, it still annoys me, I guess, that a lot of people only know Radiohead because of Creep. Still, no, I I have a friend here who, I mean, he plays guitar too. He's really into music. He's a aware that bands have catalogs and aren't just one hit wonders. And he was still like, "Oh yeah, Creep, I like that song," um, but I didn't really ever listen to anything else. And I was like, oh. It sticks out in the Radiohead catalog because it is both obscenely popular, but not as arty, I guess, as their later stuff. Did you read this experience about them recording the album? Or recording the the song? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, this is interesting. Where they played it through once, and afterwards they said, that's our Scott Walker song. And actually the producers thought it was a cover. They played it, and that sound that you hear before the chorus from Johnny is him just being bored out of his mind. Like, not liking the song and wanting to destroy it, and doing the exact opposite. It's just, God, Johnny, you you can build a whole career on less than that, that guitar thing that Johnny does. Uh, Just outrageous. Have you been able to get it to work? I've tried it a couple times. You're basically holding the muted strings. He turns up the volume so that it rings, and then he just, like, he goes, like, just up, down, like, with different pressure on the on the strings, but, like, never pushing them down. It's a, just a brilliant sound, because it is a very sort of somber beginning. You're not expecting it to happen. No. What's so great about it is you're not expecting it to happen, but then once the second verse rolls around... You can't wait for it to happen again. Oh my god! You're just sitting there going, "Do it!" And then, and then, I mean, and then the genius of it is that the last verse, like the outro verse, right? You're expecting uh-huh. it, and then he's like, you know, like, <laughs> and then a piano comes in, which doesn't make it. I mean, which sounds really great, but yeah, which, the whole time you're just like, "Wait a second, come on, play it again." Which they were supposed, which was in the mix the whole time through. Uh, and it was a mistake that um, he only, the producer made a mistake and realized he hadn't put it in. And then it was there at the end. And then the band was said, okay, that'll work too. So eventually we're going to have to get to the chords. And so a lot has been written and explained online about this chord sequence. Do you have any opinion on the matter? Do you mean as into what key it is in, or is it a ripoff of the other song? Oh, well, that, that's two separate things. Let's start with the chord sequence. Okay. So the chord, so if you're in the key of G major, you wouldn't go to a B, you would go to a B minor. Which is a much sadder progression but when you play the B instead of the B minor, it just makes all the difference. Yeah, as Alex Ross in that New York article says, the, the B major just sails out of nowhere. So this is what Alex Ross wrote. What set Creep apart from the grunge of the early 90s was the grandeur of its chords. In particular, its regal turn from G major to B major. No matter how many times you hear the song, the second chord still sails beautifully out of the blue. The lyrics may be saying, I'm a creep, but the music is saying, I am majestic. That's fantastic. 
Wait, I guess we should talk about the other song, The Air That I Breathe. All I need is the air that I breathe and to love you. All I need is the air that I breathe. I didn't know that I knew this song. Like, I, you know, I read about the uh, controversy or whatever that they have to, you know, and you see also in the chord book that they have to share. There's like two extra names on this song, Albert Hammond and Mike Hazelwood. You go back and you don't realize you know that song until you listen to the chorus, which is the part that sounds completely not like the song. When they sing the air that I breathe, it sounds completely, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and it's in so many movies. The, uh, the original version, the 1972 version, is not bad. And there's, you could hear more similarities because it's picking through the chords. But, I mean, it's, it's not a great song. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's a bit too... I mean, the lyrics are awful. <laughs> the lyrics are, I mean, like, the, those lyrics are creepy. Making love to you has left me peaceful, warm, and tired. I mean, I learned to play this song just to try and figure out the differences. And then my wife said, no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to play that. Just play creep. Just, just play creep again. I was like, "This is—is is this not romantic? Is this not what you want?" The chord sequence itself isn't. Com- I mean, it's sort of the same, but they, it's utilized differently in that they return to the G and then repeat it again. Like the original version, you know, it's like, and then they start over again. Oh, okay. So it ends on a G. Right. It ends and then on it a starts. G- and then it starts back up on right, the Right, which is a much more traditional pop um, cycle, right? I mean, that they, which keeps it more in, also in key, right? When you're returning back to that G instead of like having this line that just sort of goes up the neck and stops. The song is just, there's no different, I mean, it's just the same over and over again. I guess I could say that as a negative um, and this isn't really the kind of song I love to listen to a lot. I need some time and space with Creep. I can't yeah. listen to it often. But then when I come back to it after giving it some time, I'm always happy that I came back. But, I mean, I think that, that the fact that it just repeats over and over again is what sort of makes it great in a certain sort of way because... It's like other songs that just have four chords that repeat the whole time, like verse and chorus are the exact same thing, but the chord sequence is so strange. If it was a normal chord sequence, then it mm-hmm. wouldn't be a big hit, but because they treat such a strange chord sequence like a pop song, there's something familiar and unfamiliar about it simultaneously. That's a really interesting point. I never thought about it quite like that. What's interesting is the middle eight... Um, so after the second chorus, is they were it was supposed to just be a Johnny solo, and the mm-hmm. art of probably just going crazy, but apparently according to Radiohead, Colin pointed out, oh these are the same chords as the air that I breathe, and so Tom went back and wrote the middle eight vocal melody to mirror almost sort of, I I would think ironically the original <laughs> vocal line i mean because that's uh, it is okay. weird and like that's i think where they were you know when they were questioned about it they said yeah okay yeah we we stole that if you believe them the chords were a coincidence the middle eight was uh on purpose when you refer to the middle eight then you know like that she 
oh, I can't yeah. sing it. <laughs> right. I mean, like because you know, like the um, uh, if you if you listen to the original Albert Hammond version, right? It's like peace came upon me and released me free. Right. And then oh, I'm so glad you learned all of that. The Tom's version yeah. is like. I mean, it's the same. It's the exact same line. That's and fantastic. Tom did it on purpose. He just is, just makes this. I mean, I know that the guitar part, Johnny part, is as crucial. But when he really lets go, well, and, and you see that in the live performance at the Astoria, right? I mean, everyone's excited about the Johnny part, but I mean, people are ecstatic when he just lets rip. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and and you can tell. Mainly by the placement of the song in that set that they don't they don't like it anymore. I mean, it's the fourth song, right? This is a song yeah. that has gotten them to platinum, as you said, and they're playing it fourth. Yeah, sort of. You know, like it. If you guys want to go now, please. <laughs> but they still play it. I mean, it's still wonderful how they play it. I think they like it fine, but they just like all their other songs too. They're just baffled that it got as popular as it did. Because I don't think it, it was not created to be a massive hit. I think they just stumbled upon it. Yeah, I mean, I got... I, it's weird that we both agree on it that much. I thought I was really going to have to fight for it. I thought I was going to have to convince you that it was a good song. I had all these arguments. Uh-huh. I know, it's kind of boring, actually. I wish yeah. you would have... <laughs> I hate it! <laughs> this was all a trap. You've just outed I, yourself as not a real Radiohead fan. I know. We We should... Shut it down right now. I mean, if people actually listen to this, we're going to get a lot of hate mail. Okay, but I think that's... That's enough of We've creep. probably exhausted think, creep. It's a long time. I, I hope everyone, anyone's still listening and hasn't, yeah, thrown their iPhone. Just listen to it again <laughs> as though you don't know any other Radiohead songs. I mean, it's, it's going to come up again of defending as to whether or not this is the best song on the album, but... I like your separation of your favorite versus what's the best. I do not think, however, that it is the next song. Oh my God. <laughs> which is How Do You? There was there was about let's say half a minute to a minute where I started to learn the song. I was like, oh, this might be fun. Like I don't like this song. I didn't like it, but I thought maybe it would be a similar experience to you. Whereas in learning it on the guitar, you know, because you have like right, and then you have like yeah, then you go, and they were like, oh, this will be fun, and then it is not. It's just that's it. Yeah, I have a really hard time with this song. I don't know what it is. I don't like about it. But I don't like it, and I don't ever want to hear it. The chord sequence is really boring. Even though they throw in this, um, whatever this, co- uh, what's the name of this chord again? Like, So that is called an E, G sharp. Yeah, I mean, and it's, it was, it was fun to like learn to go up to that one, like, like uh, I tr- and I tried different parts, you know, like after I got past the initial chords, I tried the different parts, you know, like the Johnny just sort of plays along with the um, vocal melody, with the- like the... 
I do kind of like that part. Well, I just emphasize it's a really bad vocal melody, I thought. Yeah, I think it, there's not, it does not doing much. Right, and, and Tom's voice is so sort of whiny, it almost doesn't sound like him. And it's a lot of repeated notes. I think they just, they have this one because it's fast. <laughs> I think yeah. That's, and loud. I know that there was a lot of pushback by some of the UK press about this song, how it didn't flow with the album very well. But I don't know where you put this thing that it doesn't stick out. The only part that I like is in the chorus where Johnny also has this like, you know, he like has these descending yeah. harmonics, which is just almost the reversal of Machine Head by Bush. Almost. <laughs> um, Do you think Bush just played all of Radiohead's albums backwards? And yeah, they were like ideas? they were trying to find some sort of secret message, and they're like, "Oh, but that riff." <laughs> it's uh, yeah. I don't really want to talk about this song anymore. No. Is there anything else that? The only thing that is just further confounding is I don't understand the change of perspective between the verse and the chorus when it comes to the lyrics. Right? We're talking about. I mean, he's talking about this person that's a bad person. And then the chorus is just, how do you? Are we talking mm -hmm. to the bad person? Or is that the per the bad person talking? And I, I, I just think that like it's the album is already oversaturated with you and your and yourself. And then this oh, how God, do you yeah. comes out of nowhere. It's like, okay, did, we just, did you just want the you in here again? But other than that, no, but we should just stop talking about it. So let's get to Stop Whispering. How do you like Stop Whispering? I know Johnny has said that it's a, their Pixie song, and I, I just don't hear that at all. To me, this is the u 2 song of Radiohead's career, where they're doing a very simple chord. I mean, it's just D and G, basically. Yeah. And then they're building that up into something enormous. And so I think this works a lot better than, say, Stupid Car. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it, it doesn't quite come off, I guess. I don't, I don't hate it at all, but I, I do not, this is not a part of the band that I like, but mm -hmm. they can do it really well. They're extremely talented to be able to take that stop whispering, which is essentially just. Right. And then they, they just, you know, that goes for five minutes. Just to try and interest myself in the song, I tried to sort of like work out a more complicated picking program that I can't play that well because it's cold up here, but it's like. I'd like to try and walk up the bass line. Oh, yeah. And then work in that. Oh, that sounds good. I like that. Yeah, so it's like almost like my Jose Gonzalez version of Stop Whispering, you know. But because otherwise, I don't know. I mean, like, how did you just play along with the song a little bit to 
I did that. I just once. gave up after like a minute or two because I'm just like I don't need to keep playing this. So why I said it sounds a lot like U2 because I think of a song like Bad. I mean, I think that's a good point. And U2 is not my favorite band, but I like them a lot. But they're able to just ramp up the sort of dr- drama, mm-hmm. and they do that without getting obscenely loud. They do a lot. It's a lot of Bono sort of bring the tension up in it with his voice. And this is a song where Tom kind of sits in the back almost. Yeah. And they, they try to ramp up the tension with just sort of loud electric guitars at the end. And it feels unearned. It doesn't feel like a song that needs that freak out at the end. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause some of those bond, like uh, what's that U2 song that I'm thinking of? Oh, with or without you. Yeah, the end of with or without you, right? I mean, you know, that's a pretty slow song where they pull it off. At the you listen to that song because of the end. Yeah, and that's another song that has maybe three chords. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that's it. That's all they do is they just keep rolling with that, and they're able to just ratchet up slowly, slowly until you reach this point where it all comes together. Whereas this song just sort of feels like that's what they're aiming for, and they don't quite get there but it is really impressive that this is just one aspect of their band and they're able to pull it off this effectively the the only part that i do like is the that one lead line that johnny plays sort of in the denouement or what is he, whatever you call it like that part mm-hmm. i can't yeah. do it on the but i mean that's the only other part that i looked up on how to play. That part is really nice. Yeah. Because it kind of slows down. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a It's a song that's maybe a really fun to play in a band. You know, oh, like yeah. just trying to work out, okay, now we get louder, now we like double time it, or really we speed it up, or... Like, let's get loud now. And <laughs> right, right. They. This was also a single, no? I mean, or it's at least it's yeah. a video. Oh, I've never seen this video. There's a video for this? Yeah... It's a bad. We didn't talk about the creep video. It's not. That's not a very exciting video either. No. Their their art direction in, in this period isn't that interesting to me. They're obviously we're going to talk about things in the bends and the images and everything else is are really add to the meaning and the complexity of the music, but not on Pablo Honey. Although I came to them through a music video. They have not. They're not a music video band for me. They're not someone like. Eh, let me go check out this music video again. The only reason I looked at the stop whispering was I was just surprised that it was a single, and apparently the American version of the single really cut the song down. So all of the interesting parts are gone, <laughs> and, and it's still a, <laughs> and it's still a single. And and in in my mind, I can sort of see okay, somebody that's sort of only loosely paying attention to Radiohead. You have Creep, and then Stop Whispering comes out, and you go, well, that band must suck. Even though the song's not that bad. Mm-hmm. But if you take out all the interesting parts, and then this is the sing- a single that's a follow-up to Creep, it's just not going to work. It's not, I mean, especially for a podcast where we're talking about the guitar parts, we, yeah. we, dis- we, we could have covered that in five seconds. So let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You, and there's no rest. Shit, I still love you. Still see 
So the next song on the album is Thinking About You, and we covered this in loving detail on our last podcast. We did our best. Um, we did our best. I don't dislike it quite. I don't like. I don't dislike this album version quite as passionately <laughs> as Austin does. <laughs> this is your. This is your least favorite. Least favorite. Thus, least favorite on the whole album. Yeah. Um, okay. Yes. Yes. Actually, that's. We, I don't even have to think about it. I don't know why I thought about it. I wanted to seem more um, considered than I am. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. It's. It's by far. Okay, mine hasn't come up yet, but I'll I'll make sure to to point that I'm one out. Very when we excited. Get to it. Yes, you were sort of lukewarm on stop whispering, and you don't like how do you? So we're talking about a three song rut in the first half of the album, right? For you, I mean, when I think about Pablo Honey as an album, I I don't really think about the first half. We'll get into the second okay. half, but. So you might play the first two songs and then skip ahead? Well, you have to keep in mind that when I first listened to this, I was against Creep just because I thought I was supposed to be against Creep. Mm. And so I would skip ahead of everything. I didn't you even were just give going you, straight. Right, like I didn't yeah. even listen. To, I didn't like you that much either. Um, I only like it more now because I've tried to learn how to play on the on the guitar. Mm. Um, so, you know, I would just like start at this next song which is anyone can play guitar oh there's our podcast title and if the world does So anyone can play guitar is, wow, is a monster. There's all these little parts. Yeah. And I can't stand this song. Really? (laughs) You have to explain. This is not even my least favorite on the album. But I just, it just doesn't work for me. I don't like the speeding up part. I I don't like the chorus at all. I get it's a fun song to play on guitar because there are a lot of there are a lot of chords that you can run through, mm-hmm. and uh, so in the the world does I like that part, and but I don't like that vocal melody at all. Um, it sounds really flat to me. I the only part I like is when it hits the E minor in the very beginning. <laughs> really? When you have all that feedback and then it goes I mean I I don't love this song, but I like this song. Uh, it just is so corny to me. I know that I'm not I never got into Radiohead because it's cool, but this is one of the uncoolest songs I feel like they ever made. Uh I I mean I I appreciate it be- precisely because it's uncool. Because of like later when they were singing this song that Tom York would sing, I want to be in this band when I get to mm-hmm. heaven, which I just, it's so corny it's and so wonderful. Corny. And I, yeah, it's, I really, I mean, I don't, I don't love this song. I like this song. Uh-huh. Um, I'd especially like, I especially like it when it speeds up that like, here we are 
I mean that 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 A minor seven to the G add four B whatever like. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's I like I like that a lot, and mm-hmm. they do that they do that often. This sort of run of chords in yeah. later songs, which I know only because I learned them a long time ago. I'm not I I'm mean, not I'm not cheating on our project, but <laughs> yeah. I uh, did you see him play it at the MTV Beach House? Yeah, I mean, awful. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. I mean, and actually, and also, it's it's not a good performance in the Astoria version either. Um, I mean, but I the MTV Beach House performance of anyone can play guitar is almost a career-ending bad performance. I don't know how Ed O'Brien lived it down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Tom. I think I don't know what he was thinking. Um, I think he was trying to generate some excitement, but he screams loudly through part of it and then jumps in the pool. And then I remember watching something where apparently he tried to jump out of the pool or he tried to jump and grab the microphone to start singing part of it. And one of the workers at MTV had to swat it out of his hand because it would have electrocuted him. So he almost could have electrocuted himself. To anyone can play guitar at the MTV Beach House. Oh my god! It is. Oh, I hate the Jim Morrison line because oh, they're kind of making fun of him. They're kind of making like Jim Morrison's a cliched rock star, so they're kind of saying they want to be like him, but then it's also a dig at Jim Morrison. Should we not be I, making fun of Jim Morrison? I don't like the Doors. I don't care if you make fun of him, but I don't. I don't think Radiohead's good at the snarkiness. Yeah. This is sort of a humor thing again with the Pablo Honey where they're, they obviously have a really good sense of humor or a dry sense of English humor. Mm-hmm. And they think this, I think they thought this song was hilarious. I think they didn't take it seriously. I, I can totally understand that take on the song. I just find, I find it funny and I find it fun. And I, but I'm also though, baffled by how many chords are in the chorus. Right. I mean, it just like, it took me a while to learn it just because I I didn't realize that you just don't ever stop changing chords. That's true. Because you're, yeah, you're going from, yeah, the G. I mean, what really, what really gets me is that like, I'll, I'll be standing on the beach with my guitar. You know, like, it doesn't, yeah. You're like, but did you just hear yourself? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where I'm standing on a beach with my guitar. Ugh, I just can't. I can't what, even like, get. To- no, let me sing it better because that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be standing on a beach with my because I sound awesome. I just think that this song has sort of obvious bad taste, and they're in on the joke, but that doesn't mean that I have to be in on it too. That's or true. that I have to care about it. And I think it's hilarious that we picked this song. <laughs> well, it's a perfect song, or it's a perfect title for the podcast. I mean, it's just staring us in the face, and we couldn't it was. not pick it. I know, but I have very conflicted feelings about this song. And I don't really ever want to hear I don't ever want to play it again. Oh, I play it. I just, I just play it when I'm a bit bored. 
Really? Yeah, I mean, like, once I figured, I mean, it's really fun to play the chorus once you figure out how to do it. Okay, so I, you kind of like it, but not... I kind of like it, but I realize that it's a very flawed song. <laughs> you realize they're not... It's it's nice to realize when a rock band's not being serious. All right. Do you have anything else to say? No, I think we're good. <laughs> Thank you for giving us the title of a podcast, but... Yeah, and so then we are going to move on now to Ripcord. the bottom this is my least favorite song <laughs> on pablo <laughs> really i cannot stand this song i i can point to very specific things with anyone can play guitar and i can still sort of understand how you can like that song but ripcord is i don't why do i hate this song do you know why i don't even know i mean is it just really bland the the verse is the verse chords are really bad I mean, like that. I mean, this chord especially, I don't like. Uh Uh-huh. That, what is it? Um, A D-A, right? Yeah. They mention the Pixies a lot as an early influence, and I have a hard time hearing it sometimes. This song sounds the closest to a Pixies rip to me. The Pixies could alternate it between just being very sweet and then very violent. And they went back and forth. And that was with that loud, quiet dynamic. Right. And this song is all about the loud, quiet dynamic. But both parts are way too sweet. It has none of the danger of the Pixies. Yeah. It seems like a guitar workout song. Like it has a lot of sort of interesting guitar parts, mm-hmm. but I'm not really sure what it, it, I don't think it adds up to anything. I mean, this is not the bottom for me because for some reason I'm very attached to the, I, it's a pre-chorus for me, but if you look at the chord book, it's just the second half of the verse. Mm-hmm. You know, that like you feel it you that, that part. Yeah. I just like it. I don't know. You feel it too. I don't mind the though they kind of repeat that so often, I don't I think it loses its effectiveness. Yeah, you can tell that they liked it. Well, I think it's fun. I think it was a fun guitar song to play. Maybe York's performance isn't that good. I still can't figure out. I don't. I never want to hear the song again. Really? I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I like. I mean, after the, I don't hate this song. I for, I'd uh-huh. forgotten about it completely. Yeah. Um, until I mean, like the, you know, the last verse before the last chorus, like that the answer to your prayers. I mean, like I feel like that's a pretty good performance vocally, you know. Um, and I just like playing that part. 
Like this. Um, but I can understand not liking this song. Uh, but the outro would be fun to play in a band. You know, just kind of go, like go crazy. Basically, what I've heard about all of these songs is that these were all on the Friday songs, and they just picked the greatest hits of those songs for their first album, basically. Right, yeah, I've read, I've read that somewhere else as well. That And I think Ripcord has the veneer of a real song. <laughs> but if you poke it, it just sort of crumbles. Yeah. I don't know, when I saw it on live, though, people were like hopping up and down when they started playing this. And I guess mm-hmm. it was a good live song, maybe. Yeah, I did like to see them play this live too. But I, but I didn't hate it as much as you. But I would, <laughs> I still think Thinking About You is a better song. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I would much, I'd much rather hear that. I would leave. Th- no, I wouldn't leave. <laughs> I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't do that to you guys. I'm sorry. But no. I know. I guess the the blandness of it is what gets to me. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I feel okay. I mean, I don't feel okay about this song, but I'm done with it. (laughs) And I think this is wild because we're talking about an album where I like you and I like, I really love Creep. And then, man, it just sort of spirals from there. But I cannot wait to talk about the next for the next episode because I have a lot of things to say about the back half of Pablo Honey. Yeah. So next week, then we'll be talking about vegetable. Hit lightly on prove yourself again. Then I can't blow out in lurgy, which takes us to the end of Pablo Honey, the album, and then we will dive into very fun B sides. All the songs on the Anyone Can Play Guitar podcast are by Radiohead and performed by Nick Kendallsberger and Austin Diaz. Mm-hmm.